Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The droid will soon be delivered to the Resistance. Leading them to the Last Jedi. If Skywalker returns, the new Jedi will rise. Episode 178 of Full Sit. I am the Mike Pilot, and with me, my co host, Brian Young, and the triumphant return of the world traveler, the great Amy Ratcliffe. Amy, welcome back to Full of Sit. I'm happy to have you back. Thank you. It's been, gosh, like what a month? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. really nice to be back. It's been way too long. And I am so glad to be back. I had a great time traveling, but being back in the United States is kind of nice. We keep talking, like, Amy's going to be back, Amy's going to be back, and we're really happy. And I'm glad you had a great time. It looked like um, awesome. Before we started the show, I was talking a little bit about your trip and some of the stuff that you were doing, and I'm happy to hear more about it. And and uh, so, yeah, I'll say it again. Welcome back. Thank you very much. I'm glad to have you back, too. It's not just Mike. We're all happy. And and uh, Bobby was very sad to have missed you. I was sad to miss Bobby, too, because it's been forever since I've recorded with him. I can't remember the last time. December. The last wow. time. I think the last time you recorded him was our first, like, our, our post-Force Awakens show. That's right. Wow. It's a long time ago. It seems that like was. Force Awakens has been out forever now. Yeah. Over half a year. Which is... Wow, it, that's bananas. And it, it's crazy. I mean, we're, we're only a few months away from our next Star Wars movie. Which, we got some news about that today. That we did? A full trailer is going to be out on Thursday. They're premiering it on the Olympics. Oh, I missed that. That's cool. Um, so I think that kind of lends credence to maybe, yeah, that, that snippet of a trailer we saw at Celebration maybe wasn't done, and now they've been, they've been working toward it. I'm still so surprised that people have been calling Celebration a disappointment because there wasn't more trailers and stuff, Wait. but... Again, well, but, I'm still kind of... That's never been what Celebration has been about. I was going to say, it wasn't really about that until we had a new movie to look forward to, which was just Celebration Anaheim. So it's only been a single Celebration. Yeah. You know, in recent years, in recent years since the prequels, that has been like that. So, yeah, I think that's... If that's the reason people are going to Celebration or want to go to Celebration is to see trailers, I think that's... I don't want to say a dumb reason because that sounds condescending, but you can watch those trailers online. Go to Celebration for the experiences you're going to have with your fan, fellow fans. Well, and friends, too. I mean, like, how many people How many people at Celebration did you meet that you'd only known from the Internet? This year, actually, quite a few. I met some people this year, uh, people that came from, this was crazy. I'm going to tell this story quickly, that I've known for, like, 10-plus years on the Internet. And they live in the Netherlands, so obviously not really opportunity to meet them but they came to celebration and so that that was really cool that is cool i mean 10 years i think that the people i've known on the internet maybe the longest like just from the internet so yeah celebration offers all sorts of opportunities like that i don't it makes me sad to think people just make it about seeing trailers yeah yeah so let me just quickly say something real quick this thing this trailer on thursday during the olympics this is going to be prime Primetime, I assume, is there a time that they said, or we just got to All wait? I've seen is just that it's coming on the Olympics. I don't know. I didn't even know the Olympics had started, to be honest. Yeah, the opening ceremonies was this week, last week, end of last week, or whatever. I'm not even sure what that means. I heard a story that, like, I heard a really awful story that, like, they'd been killing homeless people to clean up the city, and I was like, yeah, that whole thing's just not for me. They're not killing homeless people to clean up the city. They have problems with Zika virus and they have problems with other stuff, but 
We're not we're not the Olympics podcast. We're here to talk about Star Wars. So anyway, that probably makes me sound really terrible, doesn't it? But I don't I don't care. Anyway, so what are we going to talk about this week, Brian? So we're going to talk about uh we're going to talk about Daisy Ridley a little bit, and we're going to talk about Aftermath Life Debt, which hopefully people have had a chance to read. And if you haven't read it, then uh, we'll give you a brief overview of it, and you can follow the conversation that way. Um, or and, it's gonna, well, or you can leave because we'll be talking spoilers. Yeah, we'll give you a heads up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, it's weird. Like I've I've got a lot of letters from people saying like, "Listen, I don't read the books, and you guys are the only way I keep up with them." So, uh, can you just give us like a synopsis before you just start talking? That's a man so, oh, yeah, my own that's heart. A great idea. I like that. Yeah. Um. So so first we want to start with with Daisy Ridley's uh Instagram absence, uh which I don't know. I mean, you guys have both been following Daisy Ridley on Instagram, and she's just amazing. Yeah. She's she's uh fun and inspirational, and she posts photos of her workout and hilarious pictures of like from the set when she's allowed to and she's a breath of fresh air she really is um i don't know do you guys have any favorite instagram posts of hers off the top of your head i don't off the top of my head but i just enjoy in general how positive she is and especially how body positive she is and I think that's really cool for especially all the fans that are coming to Star Wars, the new female fans, the new girls that are in it because of Ray to follow her and see such a just a shining. She is a shining ray of light in person. I feel like I don't know her, but on social media, rather, I think that's cool. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that she is body positive. I think that that's that's good to to say because I mentioned something about that to Anya a couple of weeks back. But I mean, any any post that she's put up, the one with Mark Hamill on her back. I love that post. Everybody's seen that a million times. It's always been one of my favorites, but I love everything she puts up. Like I said, she's just a breath of fresh air. She's, she's sweet. She's fun. She has, she likes to have fun. What's the matter with that? Well, she, she'd made some posts and there were reports that she'd left Instagram because of some, some abusive comments made toward her, uh, because she mentioned something, which I don't even necessarily see as political, but some people did. And and they kind of, shouted her down about about it and there was uh some news reports circulating that that's why she left and we know since then that she said she was just trying to uh she she closed her account which i think is a loss for everybody uh and then reopened it and just posted that she was trying to spend time away from her phone and she was really busy um so so for one i mean don't always um believe, believe the report believe the reports instantly like the same thing with this bail organa news right um Wait, you guys you guys heard of news no i didn't hear it well that came directly from jimmy smith so why wouldn't we believe well, that but he didn't oh sorry to... mike he said he was going to be have a no. small cameo row okay well that's that's actually the point though like did he say that he said they said can you tell us if you or can you say cameo and he said can you say very small part and that could be read like, was he just throwing back the definition of cameo at them? Like, there's so much gray area there. I don't think anybody could 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 say yes, it's confirmed. He's going to be in Rogue One. You know what I mean? I don't really think that's a lot of gray area, but I see your point. I think that he doesn't care enough to be cheeky about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I I think it's totally plausible he's in there, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go run and say like, yes, he's definitely in it. Because I don't necessarily think he said, yes, I'm definitely in it. You know, I don't know. But with Daisy, um, it wasn't the case that she was driven off. At least we don't have reason to believe it was the case that she was driven off. The only the only question I had about that, though, and I like when I first heard about this through you in our little Facebook chat that we have, I was really upset at first if that would have been the reason. And then we found out it was something different than that. The only the only thing that strikes me as funny is because I have no problem somebody wanting to get get away from their phone and put it down and not be constantly posting and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I I've been trying to distance myself a little bit from that too because you know I you have a life to live and there's a lot going on. Um, why would you shut the account down? Why would you just not post on it for a while? Uh, probably because she didn't want the notifications on her phone. 
Well, you can turn those things yeah, off, I but think, I just think yeah. if you don't, I think that for me, if I, if I have it on my phone, even if I say I'm going to use this less, if it's there, I don't have the willpower to stop myself. Like, it's almost like such a like habit now. Ah, so if, like, if it's just not there, you don't have the, you just can't temptation. do it. The temptation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now, now, if she closed her account, can somebody else pick that up then? Or is it just saved um, and can be reopened by her at another date? Or is it just... I think that depends on the social media profile. Like I know with Facebook, like Facebook never actually lets you leave. It just saves all your data. So if you decide to delete your account, the best you can do is like pretend it's deleted. And then if like, you know, two years later you come back and try to log in, it'll say, do you want to reactivate your account? And it'll pick up exactly where you left off before. Yeah. Cause you get like these verified accounts. And then if somebody shut their account down and then somebody else picked it up and like, let's say Instagram didn't pick up on that, and then somebody else had Daisy Ridley's account and then started posting stuff again about spoilers that weren't really true in episode nine. And, you know, I mean, that could really cause a problem. Yeah. But the thing I want to talk about, though, is like how fans should be interacting, because a lot of the comments that were made to her, even if they didn't drive her off, were still sort of uh, jerky. Not not nice. And we've seen this a lot with with. Uh, public figures being driven off of social media from uh, Joss Whedon uh, to Leslie Jones, you know, Leslie Jones uh, starting Ghostbusters and she got some of the most horrible sort of racist things tweeted at her because of the movie and because she was black. And I just wanted to see if you guys had anything uh, you wanted to say, like maybe we could establish some rules of decorum for interacting with people online. Or well, some it's suggestions. pretty simple. There has to be no. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's the. I mean, it's the Will Wheaton rule. Don't be a dick. Huh. The end. Yeah, I, I guess it really is. But frankly, what else? Yeah, what else do you have to tell people? Don't I mean, that's, be an, that's the easiest way to put cool. it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you can break that down to like a million different statements, but it all comes down to just be a nice human being, for God's sake. We've been talking about this for for a really long time about how to treat other people, not just other people in, in fandom, Star Wars fandom or any other kind of fandom. Like we've talked about this for a long, long time. You know, I'll make a, a sarcastic or a, a, what I find is a witty comment to somebody on social media every once in a while, just to be playful. But, you know, to make that your life, like you have to try to drive somebody off of social media because that's what you do. Well, that's just sad. Well, I just worry this is going to get a lot worse as the, u.s presidential election goes on we've got you know three months of this and it's pretty like the climate online is already pretty polarized and so when when star wars um like people with large followings in fandom and celebrities in star wars make comments that are even close to political it kind of fans those flames and i think it's important to remind people like we're all allowed to disagree with each other does yeah, that make totally. sense? I no, mean, it like, makes total sense. Here's, my, here's like, my problem, Brian. Here's my big problem. And, you know, we always talk about we're the old man's Star Wars podcast, old lady Star Wars podcast, old person Star Wars, whatever. So I turned 41 at the end of last month, and I am... So you, old, Mike. I am. I'm an old man. But Look I'm, how old. I am a different person than I was at 35, and I'm a different person than I was at 30. And, you know, you you change as a person, and, and values and how you think about things and how you deal with things are are different as you grow up. Or as you age, like aged cheddar or fine wine, which I go the other way. I'm like bad, bad cheese. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, there's so many terrible things going on in the world right now that uh, wanting to say something negative to uh, an actress that was in Star Wars or somebody that was in the Suicide Squad movie because somebody didn't like how they they acted in it or that it, they found it boring. I, there's just so many real problems in this world that. I just, I don't find the need to go on to Twitter and find find these people and say negative, terrible things. I just, there's a lot more for me to worry about. Not even just in this world, the terrible things going on in our, our world right now. Just as a as an adult, I got so many other headaches in life that I got to worry about that. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, I, I get it sometimes where, I mean, I'm pretty outspoken about my politics and Star Wars fans will email me and say, I don't think. You you should be displaying those opinions because we're here to talk about Star Wars, but I don't think uh, 
you know, like, and that's sort of what happened with Daisy Ridley in the reports of why she might have left. It was she had been moved by some victims of gun violence, which I don't even think, I mean, like, I think we should all be sort of moved by the plight of victims of gun violence. I don't think that's a partisan issue whatsoever. But to tell people she's not allowed to have an opinion about that or she shouldn't be sharing that opinion because she's a Star Wars actress, um, I think it's kind of mean. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, away the social media is there. What, yeah. yeah, exactly. Say what you want as long as it's not, you know, I would prefer people didn't step on other people, you know, weren't rude to other people, but... You know, if you don't, and also if you're a follower, it doesn't like that Brian's talking about politics or who, what, whoever is, just hit unfollow and move on with your life. Yeah. You don't need to, you certainly don't need to tell them what they should or should not be putting out on social media or in life. Yeah, it's, no, and uh, I'm a jerk. I don't know why anybody's, I don't know why anybody's uh, following me on social media anyway. Oh, don't be like that, Brian. I keep forgetting to unfollow <laughs> you, but you know, one day. You'll do something I like. Um, <laughs> one day, one day. Here's the thing, Amy. Like, and it's so it's so hard because you don't. We sit here and we talk about things like this, and I don't want to tell people what they can or shouldn't do. Like, I'm not the police of social media, and I don't want to be. But at the same time, I don't think that these people should be doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have a I have no problem telling people not to be rude. Yeah. But there's no reason to be. There's just no reason to be, and it's just such a waste of energy for everybody involved. Um, let's see, you know, that rule, would you say that to the person's face? No, no, you because they're, they're cowards. Well, like I was talking about earlier, there's just so many other things in, in the world to worry about than what, what I don't know. Some actress or actor posts, so yeah. yeah. So are you guys ready to move on to Life Dead? Is there anything else you want to say about this? Just be nice to people. Yeah, just be nice. Anyway, yeah, let's just get in life debt. One last point on my end is like, it's like unheard of to have this sort of access to the celebrities that were in Star Wars, right? It's unprecedented completely. And we will not have that access if people are jerks to them. Totally. I appreciate seeing Mark Hamill on Twitter. I appreciate how hilarious he is. I appreciate seeing John Boyega and Daisy Ridley's posts i enjoy seeing chuck wendig's and i really hate to see people like crap on chuck wendig too um because like it's totally okay to dislike his books if you want to but just don't be a jerk to him yeah right because if everybody stops posting on social media they go away from it then you lose that too so aftermath life dead um so We'll start with, I'll read uh, the, the official synopsis. Does that sound like that would, that would work? That would be fair. Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know Aftermath, Life Debt is the second book in the Aftermath trilogy, and it's the first uh, set of stories that we got in the post-Return of the Jedi era in uh, the new canon. And uh, so here is the, here's the official synopsis. The Emperor is dead, and the remnants of his former empire are in retreat. As the New Republic fights to restore a lasting peace to the galaxy, some dare to imagine new beginnings and new destinies. For Han Solo, that means settling his last outstanding debt by helping Chewbacca liberate the Wookiee's homeworld of Kashyyyk. Meanwhile, Nora Wexley and her band of Imperial hunters pursue Grand Admiral Ray Sloan and the Empire's remaining leadership across the galaxy. Even as more and more officers are brought to justice, Sloan continues to elude the New Republic, and Nora fears Sloan may be searching for a means to save the crumbling empire from oblivion. But the hunt for Sloan is cut short when Nora receives an urgent request from Princess Leia Organa. The attempt to liberate Kashyyyk has carried Han Solo, Chewbacca, and a band of smugglers into an ambush, resulting in Chewie's capture and Han's disappearance. Breaking away from their official mission and racing toward the Millennium Falcon's last known location, Nora and her crew prepare for any challenge that stands between them and their missing comrades. But they can't anticipate the true depth of the danger that awaits them or the ruthlessness of the enemy drawing them into the crosshairs. So that's, that's kind of the setup for the story. Um, I'm assuming you guys have both been able to read it by this point. I, I read it. I kind of had to force myself to read it before celebration because I was terrified of getting spoiled. So, like, I was on vacation, like, in the tube reading it on my phone. 
In what tube? Like the London Underground. Oh, tubes. okay, the Underground. Um, okay, so I've I've paged through it. I am I have not read it completely. No, but I've been looking forward to hearing about it. So you're you're one of those that that are experiencing it through the podcast. That's what I said. I said I'm, that's a man after my own heart. And you, Amy, you've 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 had a chance to page through it. I've been and I finished reading it when I got back from celebration. Um. Well, what'd you think? I liked it better than the first one. I really liked what they did with Nora, and I really thought the development for her and her son was interesting. We're allowed to talk spoilers at this point, right? Yep. Yeah. So just a warning for anybody, if you're trying not to be spoiled by Life Debt, which has been out for almost a month now, um, you might want to... Which is no shame. Yeah, no, no it's see, not. Like I was explaining to Amy, like I, I have a couple of books going on right now. And, and what I usually do is, is I thumb through it. I try to read through it pretty quick so I know what's going on. And then I go back and I read it slowly so I get like the full effect of it. You know what I mean? So if I yeah. miss things, because I might have jumped ahead a chapter or two. And so if I miss something, it's fine to be spoiled because that's what I want to know. I want to know what's going on. Um, okay. So, so go that ahead. said, I do not like that they brought back Nora's husband. I thought that was a little convenient and i mean it made things interesting a little but i was so kind of just like really guys that i didn't care about the further development that whole i mean my obviously my bag is like hey it's all classic film and and that whole storyline felt very much like the manchurian candidate to me so well let's uh, assume not all of us have seen all the movies you have well no (laughs) but he's right uh, though he's you're yeah. So the Manchurian Candidate, uh, it was originally a film starring Frank Sinatra and oh, I've heard of uh, it. Angela Lansbury, and 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 uh, it's it was sort of like this communist era, like they've brainwashed all of the, they've brainwashed all these American GIs so that they're sleeper agents inside the government, and one mm-hmm. of them is trying to to commit an assassination uh, because they've been brainwashed after they were prisoners of war. Um, so and it's this version's it's a, much better than the Denzel Washington version. Yeah. So if I had to rate the three versions, it would be the original Manchurian Candidate movie, Aftermath Life Debt, and then the Denzel Washington version. <laughs> yeah, that's fair to say. <laughs> well, I did like the sleeper agent aspect. I thought that was cool. I just didn't care that I didn't like the drama that Nora's husband being. I don't. I didn't care for that. But well, I I think part of the reason I didn't care for it is because I really wanted to see Nora and Wedge together. Wedge, right? Ooh. That's why my first thought. I was just like, "This is screwing things up." I really like Nora and Wedge. But isn't I, I that like, ugh. isn't that great drama and great storytelling though? Like, no, like, not necessarily. Think about <laughs> Spider Man, right? Like, how interesting would Spider Man be if he could actually juggle his personal life with his superhero life at the same time? Like, it's more interesting when all of that stuff is complicated, and you've got that churning sort of anxiety in your gut, like, "Oh my gosh, how is Nora going to deal with this?" Ah, that's d- taste. I prefer people to be together and be happy and like have one part of their life that's complicated and one part that isn't. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. That's why I didn't like that whole DC part like thing where they said that, you know, basically that their superheroes can't be happy. I'm like, yeah, what? I didn't like, like let, them, let them have a happy personal life. It's okay. It's it's okay occasionally. They don't. No, I don't know. I, I guess yeah. that's the allure to me of like, of of Spider Man in particular, where it's just like, if he if he's doing well in one aspect of his life, the other one has to be going to hell. Well, uh, I think that's terribly unfair. But that's drama. But I don't always need drama. Great power comes responsibility, Amy. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I really I thought Nora was really handled in a really interesting way. I think Singer was handled in a really oh. interesting way. Yes. Um, I think Singer's like one of my favorite characters in the new canon, and I hope we get more of him. I love seeing Singer like still con- like continue to deal with this. Like, oh, I actually have friends now, and like watch him wrestle with how much he realizes that that is a thing and how much he doesn't want it to be a thing. And he got some pretty steamy kissing scenes. Yeah, he did. Um, which is part of the reason I guess Chuck Wendig's been getting some hell on social media. Oh, of course, yeah. Um. So one of the things I really liked, uh, this book kept up with the interludes and the interludes kind of gave you different looks at things. And I have to say, I think my favorite one was the one with the Rancor Keeper. Oh, yeah. Nah, fill me in. I missed that. So the Rancor Keeper, um, Malakili, 
mm-hmm. is uh, he's obviously like after Return of the Jedi, Luke murdered his favorite pet. Yeah, he which was very upset. We finally got a name for the Rancor. Like, uh, Patissa was the name of the Rancor. Oh, that's precious. And so he's just hanging around Jabba's palace waiting for someone to, like, come around. He has no purpose in his life left, and he just wants to train animals because that's his calling. He just needs to train animals. And uh, he ends up in a city uh, called Mos Pelgo, which is now known as Freetown. Um, And the guy who purchased what is presumed to be Boba Fett's armor uh, is, like, the sheriff of this town, and he's like, tell you what, we'll hire you. We'll give you a purpose. And they've got a baby hut that they've taken from like this this gang, and they want him to train the hut so that they can put it on Jabba's throne, and uh, so they can have more power on Tatooine with a, with a hut that they can control. Huh. That's cool, and I like that. There was a small part in there about the Sarlacc and how it was injured, and I like the part where it talked about the Jawas, like basically cut like going into the Sarlacc's stomach. To like scavenge. Am I making this up? Is that a thing that happened? No, that's a thing that happened. Okay. The sca- <laughs> I just realized I'm like, maybe that was just fanfic in my head for some reason. Um, but the scavenge, like who who sits there and thinks about headcanon with like Jawas going in and like collecting scrap inside the Sarlacc? I had a lot of free time on my hands while I was traveling around like, <laughs> Europe. <laughs> I could just see that. You're like you're 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 cro- you know, you're taking a tour of the Tower of London going, I wonder if the Jawas did this. Could have. Haven't you ever been reading something like that and then like dozed off and not known if you dreamt something? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm like. Did I, did I, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe <laughs> I just thought that was a cool thing that that I liked hearing that kind of little stuff. Um, and we got some Maz Kanata. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. And she's uh, she was dealing with some jerks in her bar, and they broke all her rules. I liked hearing more just... about kind of the code of her bar or the code of her castle and how so many people from different walks of life can go there and not get into trouble. Doesn't that upset you even more than that it all gets destroyed? Yes. Yeah. She'll come up with a new bar or she'll, she'll own the, she'll start a bar on talk, uh, on, uh, the planet that the, uh, in the Ilenium system, she'll just start a bar at the rebel base and she'll be like Guinan from Star She was already kind of like Guinan from Star Trek, wasn't she? A little bit. I, I, that's exactly the same character, actually. They were both around for a thousand years, and they knew everybody. One's taller than the other, different type of hair, no glasses, glasses. Both played by amazing black women. Yeah, I mean, that's a similarity, I guess. Height, though, I don't know. Big height difference. Yeah. They, they were just like, how can we make this the opposite of Whoopi Goldberg? And they came <laughs> up with Maz Kanata. I'm no, okay with that. Um, but no, I think I think that's one of the things. I think the conversation we're having about the book is sort of telling in that this is supposed to be about the liberation of Kashyyyk, but all these other little things were happening together. So, so you get this w- really broad view of the galaxy, um, and and a lot of really interesting revelations about the galaxy and the way things are. Like we've got we've got Leia using the Force. We've got sort of like a passing mention of Han and Leia's marriage, uh, like their wedding. Um, we see how the New Republic is coming together. But one thing we don't see, I think, enough of was actually Han and Chewie getting into the mess that Nora and her team have to pull them out of. See, that's where I thought I maybe I missed when I was scanning through. No, I mean, like, you know how, like, in the synopsis, it's like Han and Chewie have gone yeah, missing and yeah. they're separated and stuff. It's just like that all plays off off screen. I mean, I would have loved to have seen scenes with Han and Ch- and maybe maybe the book was just really long and they cut some of that stuff, but I would have loved to have seen scenes. Or maybe they were just leaving it to the imagination. Yeah, but I really like Han and Chewie. I know you do, but maybe they were they're trying to use other characters instead. There were some great scenes though between Han and Mr. Bones. I think my favorite moment in there completely is in the whole book is Han and Mr. Bones. Why? Just imagine how Han deals with droids and then Mr. Bones, who wants to solve everything with violence, meeting Han Solo and capturing him. I can't tell you the number of times I lost track. And actually, no, that's not true. Basically, every time Mr. Bones had a line of dialogue, I cracked up. Yeah, no, Mr. Bones is the runaway hero of this. And I I'm he 
Mr. Bones is half of why I like Roger on the Freemaker adventures <laughs> so much because it just makes me hopeful that we'll finally see him on screen. Oh, I would love that. Um, but as far as I, I think, um, like, what was the most surprising thing in well, like, what was the most surprising thing for you, Amy, reading this? that there wasn't more Han and Chewie? <laughs> that was that sounds, but I, I there was a fair amount of them, but given the title of the book, and that's my fault, that's just expectations. I knew uh-huh. we'd have to that Nora and her team would be a focus because that's who was introduced in the first book, but overall, I wanted more about Han and Chewie and more about kind of how like kind of the, the why you know they explained a little bit about the life debt but more about that and more more think, of that part of the story I guess I think the life debt is going to be I think maybe part of the reason they shied away from it is because um, the Han Solo movie hasn't shot yet and I think that's going to be the definitive version of the life debt and how that all worked Oh, that makes sense. And there's probably some things that might change or shift, and they didn't want to be tied down to anything inside this book. So if they had Wendig remain purposely a little vague about it, it could fit with what they're doing if they hadn't decided for sure. That makes sense. Um, That does make sense. But uh, I think one of the things I really liked the most and was surprised to see was how well they're laying the groundwork for the First Order. Right? We had... General Hux's father. Oh, yeah, Brindle. And we had this character, Gallius Rax, um, who was the shadowy Grand Admiral at the end of the last book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's pulling the strings. And we have him, like, interacting pretty directly with uh, our buddy Sheev. Oh, yeah. Wait, I just got sidetracked really quick. What the hell happened to Masamita? Um, It sounds like he just sort of... Uh, he was trying to keep the government together. Um, well, but specifically after he met with Leia and Mon Mothma, and they're like, this is what you need to bring us. And he popped up like once, one other time, right? Because he talked to Ray, Ray to Sloan. Yeah. Um, but then after that, he kind of disappeared, right? I don't remember. I read the book like a month ago. I kind of forgot Masameta was even in it. I love the fact that he's still around and he's the one trying to keep Palpatine's government together because he's been there like the whole time. Yeah, like, and I, I was really happy to see him appear, but then I'm like, oh wait, I don't think they wrapped that up. Well, maybe there's more to see of him. Maybe in Empire's End, which is the name of the next book, maybe it's him like turning the government over or maybe it's something like that. I hope so. I like seeing how they, speaking of Empire's End, and like you said, how they set things up for the First Order, that we're starting to see things on Jakku take shape. Yeah, Jakku is becoming really, really important. And I think that's it's funny, our first introduction in the canon to Jakku was in the first Aftermath book, where uh, was that scene where, where the guy's just like, hey, listen, I'm trying to get my family out of here where nothing is ever going to happen. And they're like, well, welcome to Jakku. Nothing happens here. And then, you know, shortly after that, you've got the Battle of Jakku, which is kind of a big deal, which is weird. When you think about Jakku, you think about 90% of that is the wreckage of that final battle. So you can imagine how, like, out of the way that place was before that battle. Mm. And now you've got Gallius Rax, who comes from Jakku, meeting Palpatine on that planet, like, shortly after Phantom Menace. So it's like, and and Palpatine is overseeing some sort of dig situation. So, like, what are they trying to find there? Is there a Sith temple there? Is there a Jedi temple there? Is Jakku somehow more important on a, on a, on the scale of the cosmic force than we know? Is that why Rey is there? Is it some kind of virgins in the force? I think that Sheev is interested in Jakku, you know, 40 years before the events of, uh, you know, the book means that maybe there's, there's, there's things that are bigger going on. there. Yeah. Something more going on there. Uh, that's a, I didn't think about, I forgot about Palpatine's connection to it. I like, I like Sheev. I like using Sheev because I think we're on a first name basis. <laughs> I, love, I still can I say, can't get behind that name. 
I and I had a hard time getting behind it, but the more I use it, the more it just feels right. Yeah. I don't know. It so still like, sounds like a bad word to me. Sheave, right? Sheave. Sheave that up, man. Sheave, sheave should shout, sound like a bad word. It's like the like, wire. Sheave. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I don't, I've not seen the wire, but I know that joke because <laughs> of suits, because they do that in suits. Like, yeah. In that episode. yeah. Like, oh, I get that. I think one thing, another thing I really like about the book was that Leia got to use the Falcon to bail Han out for a change, which is like now it's like a switch. Like, in the last book in Bloodline, uh, Han gets to do that to Leia, and now yeah. Leia gets to do that to Han. Can I ask you a question? I, I, I you skipped over I this insist. part for me. Um, what did I miss? This? What did Leia? What did she do using the Force? I missed that. Oh, She's... she sensed her. Well, she kind of connected to her unborn child and realized that it was a boy. No way. Yeah. Ah, Sheev. I definitely have to go back to that. <laughs> um. Which I think is interesting, though. Like, I think they're, they're also laying the groundwork of why Leia doesn't do more training. I think, I, think, uh, I think that's interesting. I think that's a really big question mark. Why Leia isn't more like a Jedi. See, I always, I always thought it's because so much more bad stuff could happen. Like, so Vader was Vader and Luke could have gone bad. And she was worried that if she would get too far into the force, things could have gone wrong with her. And then we see her son go that same route. So um, the force and the Skywalkers just don't mix, man. Yeah, no, it, it <laughs> you don't know what you're going to gonna get. Yeah. It's like Bad a box news. of chocolates. It's like a 50-50 kind of thing. <laughs> like half of them turn out okay. Seriously, like half the Skywalkers we've seen with the force have turned out horrible. Right? So you've got, you've got Vader and and Ben on one side and then Luke and Leia on the other. And like, that's it. So, but so if you go like, in order though, it would have been Vader bad. Luke. Okay. Leia would have been bad. And then Ben would have been okay. Yeah. Cause you're, I don't think Leia's messed around with force enough to. Yeah. If she, maybe if she did, she would have been Ben. Yeah. But I got the impression and correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, that she's not as maybe strong in the force or is it just that she's not as dedicated to figuring it out? I think that's probably it. Because okay, I think, because um, Yoda seemed pretty sure about it. Oh, you're right. There's another, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yoda seemed to think that if Luke failed, they'd be able to take Leia and do the same thing. And um, Luke felt pretty confident about it too. And I think that there are like very clear indications, like, and they bring this up in aftermath um, or in Life Dead. Leia sensed Luke through the Force in a way that like made her very powerful right in empire when she finds where he is yeah there's some other big like question marks that the book leaves like for one obviously brendel hux is there and, and they're obsessed with like the kids in the next generation and there's chewy and han sort of parting ways at the end of the book which was a little emotional for me and you've got snap directly under the tutelage of wedge but one of the things that I was surprised to find out was that Palpatine's Star Destroyer is missing. His Super Star Destroyer is missing. Mm-hmm. How do you lose something that big? Well, I think somebody, somebody, somebody has it. Wait, which one is his? What's it called? The Eclipse. And that wasn't one of the ones that Rax had hidden in the nebulas? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. And I love that there is like a band of pirates around with one. With the Annihilator. <laughs> like, can there you imagine? Is? I forgot about that. Can you imagine Hondo Onaka in charge of a Super Star Destroyer? No, but it's I would love to. That's what would make it super. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but did you guys watch that episode of Freemaker Adventures that 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 put Hondo and Maz together? No. No. No, not yet. There's an episode coming up, and I've got it on my DVR. I need to watch it, but I haven't because I've been out of town so much. But yeah, Hondo and Maz together. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that like, watch useless. it. I've been that, letting them build up. I've 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 had a very fun time with that show. Let me ask you this: since you know me and you are you know complete fanboys, and we never say anything bad, which is ridiculous. Hey, 
I we're not fanboys. We're weak beta fans. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me. I didn't have the quote right. Anyway, which is ridiculous to me. But what is there anything in in this book that you weren't too particularly fond of, or you didn't, you know, feel I, so much? Um, I think part of it is that like we didn't get enough of Han and Chewie actually like getting into the situation. But I understand that's sort of part and parcel with what Star Wars is about. Like you jump in in media res. Um. And I probably could have used it shorter. Like it could have been it is a, big a quicker book. read. It it is a big book. Yeah. I could have used it as a quicker read. And I'm not terribly sold on Gallius Rex. I just need to wait to see um I I can't wait to see how he develops and forms because at this point he's just sort of thrown light. Yeah, yeah that's Yes, I had issue with him in that when they introduced him, especially at the end of the last book, I'm like, oh, this is Thrawn. This is what they're doing. This is some version of like something like that. I've heard and other people so close say that to too. Th- and then it's just, it's a kind of too close to him that you expect it to be somebody you know, and then it's not, and you're like, who's this rando? Who's this rando? Like, I get that there, you know, like there's a balance. <laughs> I'm certainly one of those who doesn't like too much. Like too many things we've already seen, or no, I, I don't know. Something about Rex was off for me, and I don't quite know why. Ray uh, Sloan, however, still she fan. was great. I really loved the gamesmanship between the two of them, um, between Sloan and Rex. I really liked the team, like seeing Nora's team work together. I liked Jom and uh, what's her name, Jazz, Jazz, uh, Jazz Zamari. J- yeah, is it John Burrell? Is that the right name? I think so. There's a lot I, of weird names to remember. Yeah, I like their little their little side thing. I thought that was nice. That was I fun. liked I liked Temin and Wedge, kind of like where Wedge is, is training him, which makes way more sense why a guy like Snap makes it through the... Uh, uh, of course, Snap is going to make it through the run on Starkiller base if yeah. he's trained personally by Wedge Antilles. Makes it all more plausible. Yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed the book, and I think that's probably where you came down too, right, Amy? Yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. There were some things, like I've mentioned, the the Brind- uh, not Brindle Hucks, um, Brinton, or whatever Nora's husband's name is, that I didn't care for. Something about Rax was off for me, and I wanted more Han and Chewie. But overall, like I still liked it. I still, when I came back from celebration, like was compelled to sit down and quick, you know, finish it as quickly as possible. I really appreciated that we got Hux's first name. Oh yeah, that's right. What is it? General. Ar- <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Armitage. Armitage Hucks. Right. Armitage Shanks Hucks. Which the Armitage is like the like. Of course, that guy is going to give a triumph of the will speech. <laughs> yeah, basically. But, but it like did anybody else like say like Brendel Hucks, Brendan Gleason, Donald Gleason's dad? So like you instantly cast. Brendan Gleeson as Brendel. Oh, I didn't. I did not think about that. I totally did. It was like Mad-Eye Moody sitting there at the Shadow Camp Council. <laughs> oh, wait. Mad-Eye Moody is Domino Huck. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, totally. That's Huck's dad? Yeah, yeah, in real life. In real life, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Which Weasley does Huck's play? Uh, Bill? Bill. Bill. Yeah, Bill. And, his, and so his dad plays Mad-Eye Moody. Yep. yep. What? I didn't know. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, so Brendel Hux. I mean, it sounds like it was a direct reference to Brendan Gleeson that he would be Armitage's father. Makes sense. So, next time you go through it, or if any of you are going to read it, just imagine Mad Eye Moody as Brendel Hux, and you've got a perfect representation there. Well, I'm gonna leave the eye out, but yeah. So he's just gonna have one eye. No, it'd be more like his character <laughs> in um. Gangs of New Gangs York. Of New York. Yeah. Yeah. He was so good in that movie. Yeah, he was. I'm glad that there are more and more Star Wars ties to that movie. But Liam Neeson's so good in that. That movie's just good. That I think he's got good. a bad rap. I was... We're not going to go down the Gangs of New York. No, but That's, I would love to see What's-His-Face in a Star Wars movie. Brennan Gleeson? No. Um, I would. Well, no. What's-His-Face? The main character Le- of that. Leonardo DiCaprio? No. Daniel Day Lewis in there. Daniel Day Lewis. He is. I haven't seen that. Yes, I would like to see Daniel Day Lewis in a Star Wars movie. 
you know, you know, every ten years he comes and he does an Oscar winning performance and then he goes back to cobbling. I am uh, <laughs> or coopering. That, he does one of those things. That makes me like uh really excited for actually like Benicio del Toro is almost in that league with with Daniel Day Lewis. Um and I'm really excited that he's finally in Star Wars because he was like one of the original choices for Darth Maul. Mm. And so I'm glad that Ray Park got that part because I don't think I could see Benicio del Toro doing that. Mm. And it would have been like exactly like his role in full in, uh, in um, the James Bond movie where he was like the main guy's thug who falls down a, a shaft yeah, yeah. in, in uh, license to kill. But uh, so yeah, him as Darth Maul would have just been like, recycling his entire plot and from from license to kill but uh i'm excited to see what they do with him and if he is related to any of these people that we're seeing in life debt that are on the shadow council or if he is even one of these people on the shadow council yeah because he's way older than all the kids so he could be he could be one of these people who's i've got a list of the shadow council up here. i um when i saw him in gardens of the galaxy i thought that was about as close as star wars as we get to see him. I kind of keep, yeah, I keep forgetting he's going to be in it. Honestly. So, um, the list of the Shadow Council is Grand Admiral Ray Sloan. So the Shadow Council, for those of you who haven't, like, this is this is what they're calling, like, the proto-First Order, and it's, they're the, the cabal of Imperials who are trying to consolidate what's left of the Empire so that they're able to bring it back, and that consists of, at this point, Grand Admiral Ray Sloan, who we know. Uh, Commandant Brendel Hux, who you know is Mad-Eye Moody. Uh, Grand Moff Rand, who went to lead the Empire at the costly Battle of Jakku, who could be Benicio del Toro. Uh, General Hodnar Borum, an Imperial officer dubbed the Old Man, having served under Palpatine in the Old Republic. I'm assuming that if he served Palpatine under the Old Republic, He's too young. Or Benicio del Toro would be too young yeah. to to play him. Uh Farrakh Abdur, chief informational officer, informational meaning propaganda. That could be him, but I can't imagine them getting into propaganda. Well, maybe they can. I mean, right now there is no government post post Force Awakens. There is no government. So maybe propaganda's in there, but I can't imagine like um you know, I can't, I can't, I just can't imagine them getting into that in the movies. And then there's Fleet Admiral Gallius Rax. And Rax, I mean, maybe Benicio del Toro could be him, or maybe he could be a different species, or maybe he could, because Rax is really kind of light on the detail. Yeah, we don't know. Like, he could be anything. And lot, maybe, right? maybe it was written that way because Rax is going to be in the movie. You know, right? So it's just like keep it vague, so whoever we cast is this part, and we can't people can't guess it. Yeah. Or maybe Benicio del Toro is just the collector again, and they're crossing over those universes. Yes. No, no actually, no. That would be awful. <laughs> but it, it's weird. People are saying that Rax is Snoke, and oh, I can, everybody's can someone... Snoke. Can you can someone explain to me why Snoke can't just be Snoke? Because he's Darth Maul. Oh jeez. Why are you doing this to me, Mike? <laughs> no, somebody sent it an email and it's tormenting me now. Like could it be? Well, here's I didn't why. see any horns on him. No, I well, just... listen, listen, this is look, I, I wish I could go back and find the email right now. I wasn't planning on talking about it, but I'll I'll put it in the notes or something like that. So what the person said, and I'm sorry for not quoting the person exactly. But what they said was maybe it's small. And I read it initially and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Right. But then I think about like Rebels Mall and I just think about Mall in general. And if anybody would change their appearance like completely, like, would you put that past Mall? Would you, would you put it past Mall to change himself completely and become Snoke? Would you? Uh, yeah. And also, me. we don't know what Snoke, I mean, that, that's probably Snoke, but maybe it's not. Uh -huh tormenting me now what if okay so maybe it's i'm Maul, just excited for Maul. and kanan wounded him so badly that he like singed with his lightsaber all of his tattoos and horns off 
He has that big. <laughs> so he's scar just on like a face. big white faced burn victim. Yeah. From a saber oh, as payback my. for blinding Kanan. Or if he pushed him into like some kind of like plasma chamber, just. He just know. shoves his face into a, a plasma chamber like the one on Naboo. Yeah. You don't I'm not know. buying it. I'm not seeing it. Listen, if it if it just leaves a possibility of a mall in these movies, hey, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll take it. I'll let it torment I, me for a while, Brian. Amy, I'll let I will, it happen. I will be honest. If an aged, I mean, how, how old generally would mall have to be? We don't necessarily know. We don't, we don't know how, how they age. How yeah, no, we don't know how they age. So what if Maul, how old would he have to be? I mean, let's say he's, let's say he's 25 in Phantom Menace. So he'd be like, he'd what, in like his, like his 60s? He'd be like in his 60s? No. He'd be more like 80. Oh, nowadays. Yeah, he'd be like yeah. 70, 80. So say the lifespan of his species is 120. He'd still be up there, but he wouldn't be like out of commission. Yeah, no. Think about how cool that would be. Well, but wouldn't Luke Skywalker have just been like, wait a second, there's a Sith Lord or a former Sith Lord out there in the galaxy? Not if he was really far away. If he was out in the outer rim, didn't know he was hiding, he wouldn't know. There's so many other things going on. No, he wouldn't even know. Can I? I'll be honest. If I got to see Luke Skywalker and Rey take down whatever's left of Darth Maul. I would be extremely happy. That'd be some good Star Wars, wouldn't it? Just saying. I know, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm not. Not. I'm, I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah. it's an interesting theory. We're allowed to dream. Can't we dream a little bit? You could totally dream. That's what they should do for the stage play. They need to do. <laughs> they need to to do a stage play. A stage play like the Cursed Child, but it's Luke and Ray training. So the whole thing's set on Skellig Michael, and Maul shows up. And then that's the big finale. Oh my goodness. I would like after watching The Cursed Child, I want so badly a Star Wars stage play. I could watch like because like that would be awesome. I would like to see that. I don't know what would be the right story for that. You know, I would love to see like Plato's Republic on stage, but in the Star Wars universe. Like where people are just arguing about the philosophy of the underlying governments of the galaxy, but I realize that I'm probably the only one who would want to see something like that. Mm. But that's fine. That's fine. It's like I said, we can dream. It was John Christian from Kansas, one of our good Kansas listeners. Brian, you love you our know, Kansas listeners. I disparage Kansas once, and I'm never going to live it down. Carry on, my wayward sons. Anyway, he says I found the email. It says, "Hello, just listen <laughs> to the latest did. episode of Darth Maul." I'm at the point where you're speaking about the Star Wars could take Maul's story. Just a crazy thought. Don't know if this theory is out there or not, but what if Maul is Supreme Leader Snoke? The more I think about it, it's such a far theory, at least not when compared to some of the theories out there. Look forward to hearing your thoughts on this and keep up the awesome episode of the show. And like I said, I emailed them back. I'm like, initially I read this and I'm like, ridiculous and tormenting since. Thanks, John. So just saying. The Kansas people love you, Brian. Um... <laughs> yeah yeah any any final thoughts on on the book i just you know if you liked first aftermath i think you'll be pleased i don't like it's not one of my favorite canon books ever or one of my favorite star wars books but i enjoyed it it's not maybe the most ringing of endorsements i liked it i didn't love it but i liked it it is an endorsement because i'm gonna go back to what brian was saying a little earlier it's a big book and i i mean i feel like so i feel like i, I cheated everybody by not Rushing to read the whole thing, like sitting down and calmly reading it and just like going through it fast. But it's a big book and there's there's a lot of books that I want to that I have to read. But that is you you went through it. You were over in celebration. You're over in Europe. You're doing a million things and you got the book done. I think that's pretty good. I kind of felt like just I had to because I was going to get spoiled. People were going to come up to me and ask questions. I mean, every, every time this is not a bad thing. And I'm sure Amy gets this a lot, too. And, and Mike, if you were to go to more conventions, you get it, too. But, like, you get people when you're out at conventions or, like, at a place where people might recognize you as, as one of those Star Wars nerds. And they might, they come up and ask questions about your opinion about things, right? Sure. And it did, it did happen a lot at Celebration because that's where, if there's one place in the world I'm going to be recognized, it's at Celebration. Um, and so I, I almost I, never get that. Like the asking opinions about stuff. 
or like, hey, did you did you read this or what did you think of that? Really? You don't get that? I might once in a while, but not often. I think they're too I, taken back. They're just happy to see her. They're free. Oh, I don't. She walks I away don't. and then they're like, oh, I wanted to ask her what they thought about life debt. <laughs> Damn it. But worst um, case, I just say, no, I haven't read that yet. Well, I know, but I would re- like sometimes I'll frame it like, so what do you think about Gallius Rex? And I, and I didn't want to be like, what are you talking about? Like, I just I, I felt like I had to read it before celebration. Or otherwise, somebody was going to come up and say, like, holy crap. Can you believe they did Manchurian Candidate in Life Debt? And then I'd be like, you've spoiled everything. Are you are you more worried about that? Or are you worried that your your Star Wars credit is going to be called into question? <laughs> sure, maybe it's that too. Yeah. No, no. Part of it is just like I wanted to read it and and be able to form my own opinions about it and soak in the information on my own. And uh, I was worried. I mean, like celebrations. So many hours in the day, though, Brian. I have. I have this deep-seated fear that everything is going to get spoiled for me at Celebration because of that Darth Maul situation at Celebration 1 I had happen. Uh, yeah, you have a history. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. I think, for the most the part, I've people away, who are Brian. polite and are like, have you read this before they dive in? So even on Twitter, I get that. Like, people who will tweet me and be like, have you have you read this thing? And I'd be like, no. And they're like, okay, well, I won't, I won't split. Um, I thought it was weird and funny and awesome that after our panel people came up and asked for our autograph you got a handful of that over the weekend that was that was surreal like are you sure you want me to write you want me to autograph this like why amy did you have to uh for any of the you know you're doing the the stage thing you didn't have to like wait in line all night to to do that right you didn't have to wait in line for your own stage. no yeah but nobody no i I was just lived there all weekend yeah you just did it right one thing I wanted to ask you, Amy, about your stage. Since they streamed the Rogue One panel onto your stage, did you get to see the trailer that they showed? Yeah. They streamed that to your stage as well. They did. They just didn't stream it to the live stream. Correct. Correct. Do you um, think how how much of that trailer do you think we're going to see on Thursday? Uh. I felt like that was more of like the sizzle reel they did at Comic-Con for Force Awakens. So I think maybe just a small portion of it. Do you I think hope. do you think that uh Lord Vader will make an appearance in this trailer? Oh, I, I think, hope not. I think you're hear some breathing, but that's about it. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Mike. Thanks. Like the the reflection, like maybe they'll end the trailers the same way with that that reflection on the console. Wait, what reflection on the console? Yeah, hearing about that, that was really interesting. So you watched the trailer for Rogue One, right? Remember how it ended with Vader's breathing and the the distorted reflection of him on the Death Star console? Oh, no, I missed the reflection part. Oh, yeah, he was there. Reflected. Oh, that's cool. Brian said his director was like, saw the reflection, was like, oh, cool, and then kind of just took a shot of it real quick. It was like completely accidental, not set yeah, up. Yeah, like yeah. the guy who played Vader walked onto the set, and Gareth Edwards happened to be standing at a place where he could see that reflection, and he's like, you, Vader, don't move a muscle. And then he grabbed <laughs> the camera, and he's like, okay, we need to make sure we can get this shot. It's like, And then he shot, he got that shot just because like it wasn't planned, it wasn't something they had that they needed he just happened to spot that it was a shot he could get and it looked so cool he wanted to get it yeah oh that's cool that makes me even more excited about like i i like gareth edwards style yeah well we gotta get amy out of here she has other plans and on yes. to be mean it's just it's five minutes past what we said we'd keep her so well we're gonna wrap things up amy can you tell everybody where they can find your writings and everything else please sure please follow me on social media at amy underscore geek i'm there on twitter and instagram and you can find my writing at nerdist.com starwars.com and star wars insider welcome back it's been a long month yeah and there's a new star wars insider out soon 167 it has my first of many rebels like in-depth episode guides so please check that out awesome and the harry potter things to do thing article that you had up where's that at? oh yeah that's on nerdist so i did some harry potter stuff while i was in the uk and and wrote about it on nerdist so just look for nerdist hashtag harry potter tag harry potter and you'll find it yeah very cool stuff brian you um people can find me on twitter at swankmotron and they can find my writing at brianyoungfiction.com 
Uh, if you are interested, look up on Stitcher or iTunes or whatever else, uh, Authentic History, the, the podcast Holly and I are doing. Oh, episode first... one. Wow. You enjoyed it? Oh, wow. Great, 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 great episode, dude. Oh, thank you. Everybody uh, should check it out. So, yeah, that first episode we covered the Battle of Hoth uh, like it was a historical event, and we kind of looked at it from a different angle than maybe you would have oh, Great, 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 expected. great episode. Um. And the next episode that's coming out, not this week, but next, is uh, about Tinker Fairies. So, like, I didn't realize that Tinkerbell was, like, Tinker in Tinkerbell was her title. Yeah, yeah, totally. And her job, not, like, she wasn't just named Tinkerbell. Did you watch all the Tinkerbell oh. movies with, with Scout? No, I didn't. She wasn't really into them. Oh, I've um, seen them all, man. And uh, so, so we did an episode delving into Tinker Fairy culture. Nice. Cool. Oh, interesting. And Brian Young Fiction, um, did you say that already? Yeah, Brian Young Fiction. And then you can find my stuff. I've got I've got weekly columns on StarWars.com, and I have stuff appearing in Star Wars Insider. I don't know when. I've probably got four or five articles submitted, but I have no idea when they're coming out. So because Amy's in there all the time and I'm in there most of the time, if you don't have a subscription, uh, you're missing out on some of the coolest Star Wars stuff ever because I know Amy's stuff is always quality. Totally. My stuff, fair to middling, but Amy's stuff is always great. That's both of your stuff is always better than mine. So you're all messing up if you don't have a subscription. So, all right, cool. Um, Amy, we're gonna, I'm just going to let you go, and then I'll close the show off. Okay, thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Good talk to you. Have fun. It was great talking to you. Thanks. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Um, Brian, is there anything else that we wanted to add, or are you good? Um, I'm good. I think I think uh, this was a pretty packed episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, for people to check out Aftermath. I'm glad that it's in the canon, and we've we've got some more answers about things, and we know... We know when and where Han and Leia got married. We know when and where, when and where Chewie and Han kind of went their separate ways, but they did sort of. I love the line that really kind of got me. Um, was I've got it right here. Han tells Chewie flat out, which makes the moment in Force Awakens all the more heartbreaking. He says, "I'll be back. We're not done, you and I. We'll see each other again. I'm going to be a father, and no way my kid won't have you in his life." No, not not heartbreaking. Yeah, well, it takes that whole Uncle Chewie thing to the next level. Like you know, Uncle Chewie was carrying Ben around on his shoulders, showing him how to do some Wookie stuff, climbing trees and stuff. Yeah, and then he had to shoot him with all that pain. Uh, it's heartbreaking. Well, somebody had to shoot that guy. Hey, needed to be smacked around a little bit, a lot of bit. Anyway, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. No, I. You're going to have to read Aftermath if you want some of those important moments, and I recommend it highly. Yep, totally. All right, well, that is going to be it for episode 178 of Full of Sith. Thank you, everybody, for the emails, the good and the bad. I love any kind of uh, opinions. Uh, iTunes reviews, please, if you haven't done that already, please do so. Uh, I did check the email last night, and I went into the spam folder, and there was a ton of emails that were in the spam folder that I missed, so I spent like four or five hours last night going through and trying to personally respond to each one of those emails because a couple of them went back all the way to May and I felt terrible. Like there was this one really great email and I'm like, dude, I feel like such a jerk. Like this guy poured his heart out to us and and sent all these great pictures and like it's been months and we didn't say anything to him because it was in the spam folder. I felt really bad, Brian. Um, as well, we should. Yeah, tried to make up for all that. But if you have something to send in, please, please do so. What were we going to say? Oh, I saw them all and they were, they were, there were a lot of great emails that yeah. filtered in there and, uh, they they deserve better responses than we were able to give in a timely fashion because of the dreaded spam filter. Mm -hmm. So that's my bad. I uh, got rid of the spam filter. I'm just going to let all the junk come through, too. I'll just have to doubly check it a day, every day. That's what I'm going to do. But if you'd like to leave us an email, please do so. Holocron com. If you want to leave us one of the voicemails, you can do that on the website using the SpeakPipe app on the right-hand side. That's fullofsith.com. There you can find our contact information, like our Twitter, at fullofsith, at the mic, at swankmatron, at amy underscore geek. Also, facebook.com slash fullofsith is where you can go and like us and look at show art and notes and... Uh, conversations and anything else that we put on there over the week and then also um like i said itunes reviews stitcher google play store the show's everywhere so if you have something nice to say then say it please thank you very much that's just that's a rule across the board if you have something nice to say say it yeah remember when your mom said that to you when you're a little kid if you ain't got nothing nice to say don't say it at all how about doing that on the internets that was good advice your mom was smart your mom was smart 
you know, every, you know, Brian, you're a parent, you have three kids, right? Yeah. As you get older, you just, you realize that you're dumb when you do, when you do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be dumb. All right. That's it. 178. So for my great co-host, Amy Ratcliffe and Brian Young, who is quite the gentleman and the Mike Pilot. May the force be with you always. If you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.